Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today. October 22nd, happy birthday to my dear friend Cornelia Stephanie. We've been friends, it seems, forever, and we had the opportunity to spend the day together yesterday in celebration of her, and today's the actual calendar birthday for her, although yesterday was actually her astrological birthday. So if you're listening out there, Cornelia, I hope you have a blessed day. And as far as everybody else, I hope you're all having a wonderful Friday so far, Friday today. We enter into what is hopefully going to be a quieter time. Although as I say that, I know it's not quieter so much as it is deeper, right? We're entering into a deeper period of time in the round of the year. And I see people already checking in for us this morning. Good morning, Tom. You are up early. Good for you. Monique Alexander. Hello. And Tom says October craziness winds down. It's windy here. I'm sure it's going to be windy here as well as we're all expecting some kind of, oh, oh gosh, Tom, what did they call it? A bomb cyclone storm? I don't know. I think that sometimes the weather people just like to over-dramatize what the weather is going to be like so that listeners and, and viewers will uh, tune in. So a bomb cyclone, yay, for the Pacific Northwest, where Tom is in Canada. I'm south of him in the very northwest corner of Washington State. And I'm assuming this is even going to stretch all the way down the coast and hopefully help out the northern California uh, areas that have been so parched and burned by the fires. Although that brings its own sort of, of territory or problems. So when I say it's winding down, what I mean by that is that we don't have an injection of more crazy energy with planets changing retrograde or changing signs too much for this weekend. And uh, the what's left, though, is the sun today, tonight here on the uh, west coast of the U.S. and west of uh, west, the western time zones, changing into the sign of Scorpio. And tomorrow morning, all of you for uh, parts further east, waking up with the sun in the sign of Scorpio. So where we have the craziness now isn't just with the number of things that are happening, but with the depth of things that are being brought to us or being brought up to us. So essentially, then we're changing the uh, energy, changing the way the energy is going to show up for us. And it begins like right away today. In fact, even now it's um, been building where Mars, the planet of action, is sitting in the sign of Libra and that is squaring Pluto in the sign of Capricorn. So wherever you have those two uh, signs in your chart, there's pressure. <clears throat> the squares bring pressure, bring challenges, bring obstacles, things that you have to move through in order to be able to use the energy in a more powerful way. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, that, that Pluto-Mars uh, square, because Pluto and Mars are both the co-rulers of Scorpio, right? So we have co-rulers of the sign that everything is getting ready to move into in a challenging aspect to one another. So who's going to get supremacy, right? Because usually they're sitting side by side, they're co-ruling the sign, 
they're peaceful enough, even though they're taking us on a journey through, you know, the transformation of Pluto and the action and dynamism and sometimes even the warrior energy of Mars. Uh, but now they're squared. So now we have these two very powerful planets that are, you know, tugging at each other in a very powerful way. So that means that places in our charts, someplace in your chart, wherever that Libra and Capricorn sign is sitting, is where you have challenges. When I looked at the chart for the day, right now we still have Mercury, the um, planet Mars, and the Sun at the very last degree, last few minutes of, of Libra. So essentially right now the lid is being held on that Mars-Pluto uh, square by the sun in a sign that likes to bring harmony or at least at least likes to balance things somewhat. But of course, later tonight and into the weekend, all of that, all those kid gloves that Libra might be producing for this are off as then we have both of those co-rulers duking it out in the sign of depth is deep water, right? Scorpio is deep water. I don't know if you guys can hear this. Can you hear the frogs outside my window? It's really kind of funny because it's fall and we don't normally have frogs that I can hear. But right now there's one right out there and maybe singing to us because of the amount of rain that is coming our way uh, for the next few days. Anyway, let's say good morning to the new people joining us. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel says hello from Atlanta. Love it. Uh, Tom and, or we already said good morning to you, Tom, but good morning to you again. J-Lo, hello. Sue McCarthy, hello to you. Corey, hello. Amy Energy, great to see you with us again. We've missed you. Carol Grojean, good morning. We're going to get together a little bit later, so we'll be face-to-face -face again. And J-Lo says, today my falcon is back at the tree. Ooh, awesome. And uh, Tammy Smith, good morning. And Sue says, I had a tree frog show up at my basement window and I've never seen one ever before. Christine Buckingham, good morning. I, I'm going to just be quiet for a second. Can you hear him? He's loud. Um, I love tree frogs. I love frogs in general because when you have healthy frogs in your environment, you have a healthy environment. Frogs uh, are what we call indicator species because they live in the water land interface. They are indicators about how healthy the land and the water might be in the environment that you find them in. So in a pond or at a creek or in a by a river or a lake or by your house, right? So when you have healthy frogs, you have a healthy environment when you have mutations going on in your frogs, you have an indication of poisons or toxins in your environment. So scientists always eagerly wait for the uh, frogs to show them how healthy something is in their environment. So I always love to hear them. It means that something's going right in the environment out here. Andy girl, good morning. And Corey says, I can, uh, meaning I, I'm assuming you can hear them. Uh, we don't have any of them in my area. And I, I, I hear them always in the spring. I mean, they literally sing all spring uh, from the water's edge, from the lakes and streams around here. And then it always disconcerts me when the city or the county, I believe it is, here comes along with their big mowers and they 
and and buckets and they dig out the trenches around you know the drainage ditches around here because i don't think they get a clue about how they're destroying frog territory frog environment when they do that and i was taking a walk the other day and i walked past a person's home where they had done that exact same thing it's like looking at a clear cut in a forest and you just want to cry because of the destruction of the um environment um of that for for the animals that live in that interface so it's kind of sad when that happens uh tom true about frogs true about bees as well i really like the halloween bees i love it michelle gay good good morning to you uh the boobies oh my god tom oh my gosh you're so funny kamal lodi good morning to you it's great to have you with us all right, let's dig in, shall we? We have a lot that I want to talk about today, but I'm also hoping to reserve some time toward the end of the broadcast to do some card readings for some of you because we haven't been able to do that in a while. So uh, let's get on with the information. For the beginning of our weekend, we start with the moon in Taurus. Taurus is in, or the moon is in Taurus until we get to midnight 58 Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, so very early tomorrow morning, then it moves into the sign of Gemini where the moon will spend the weekend. And in Taurus then today, we are finishing up transits that have an effect on our values, that have an effect on our finances, our senses, right? Taurus being a sensual sign. And by sensual, I'm talking about all of our five physical senses, not necessarily the intuition, although that's always there as well but all of the five senses that we can bring to this um, to you know, be able to understand uh, our world that we live in. Perseverance, when we have Taurus energy, we have the ability to stay the course. It is a fixed sign, right? It stays the course, it is loyal, it is steadfast, it has stamina, all words that we can put to what's going on. So it can be a positive thing, because we have the moon, which is our timing factor, our emotional self, our soul's being, and it can put us in a space of being able to hold on to a course of that we've set uh, uh, as a direction to move in. But it can also be where we've become stuck. The moon could bring up the emotions around that feeling of stuck and uh, that feeling of not being able to move or push or do anything. So we might be dealing a bit with that. And what we would see with that energy then is an emotional reaction perhaps to the uh, inability that we feel to, to make changes or to do something that we wanna do. So patience is another hallmark here uh, for the day today and into, of course, overnight. And then self-worth, right? We bring up self-worth because in Taurus, the planet Venus is the ruler. And Venus is a planet that takes us into finances, relationships, and self-worth, our values, our principles that we want to live by. And recall now that Venus is in Sagittarius. So Taurus's ruler, um, Venus, is in a sign that wants to bring us to true freedom, to truth, right? And that can happen through exploration, through releasing our adherence to strict beliefs, fundamentalist kinds of beliefs where we get caught up and not able to see the bigger picture. And Jupiter being the ruler of the sign that Venus is in wants us to be able to step back and take a bigger look. 
So all these things weave together in a way to help us get beyond our limitations, to get beyond our limited thinking or uh, the limitations that we've placed upon ourselves uh, in our daily lives. So we have movement energy potential, but that movement may not happen until after the moon makes his move, her move out of Taurus and into Gemini which will happen again at the uh, midnight 58 time in the Pacific uh, daylight time uh, time area. And then let's see, that was that would put it at 3 a.m., 3.58 a.m. for those of you on the east coast of the USA. And then the energy shifts into a more motion-oriented sign. Gemini is a sign of action. It is an air sign. And as an air sign, it promotes movement. It promotes curiosity, it promotes change, and our ability then to make some strides forward in our lives might be happening over the weekend. Now, action and motion can also be restless energy. So we may turn, we may go from the perseverant, steadfast uh, energy of Taurus into the more restless, I don't know what to do with all this energy kind of feeling as the moon moves into Gemini. So we'll want to be able to have an action plan, perhaps, of what we want to do with that restless energy that we're experiencing. Communication is also on the agenda for the weekend and all forms of communication. When we're talking that, we're talking writing, we're talking speaking, teaching, learning, uh, acting, um, all of the things where communication comes up is a part of the Gemini experience. And as we're going to see here uh, in just a moment, all of the gates that are being hit from the late degrees of Taurus today, all the way through the weekend with Gemini energy, is are, are on the throat center in our human design. So we're going to take a look at that throat center in a, in a more deeply uh, oriented way so that we can understand how does the throat work. So you might want to have your human design chart with you this morning and your astrology chart because we're going to blend late Taurus and Gemini and uh, uh, energy in our human designs. So uh, in fact, all of the throat gates. So just if you want to know what those gates are, it's the eight and, and the 20, the 16, the 35, the 45, the 12, all of which are on the throat center and then down into the G center as we move into the late transit of Gemini. So for all intents and purposes, then for the whole entire weekend, we are dealing with the energy of communication, right? So how are we saying what we're saying? What are we saying? And how does that communication affect us uh, personally, but also interpersonally? Now, as well, when we deal with the moon in Gemini, we have almost a headbutting energy between emotions and the logic of the mind. So Gemini being a sign of the mind and uh, the moon being emotional, we have the potential for us to have to try to figure out or try to work through how to express emotion. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday who is, well, she's a friend, but she's also a client and we're getting ready to, to work together through the gene keys and human design in a coaching kind of, of setup. I had her buy the book, the gene keys in order for us to get moving on that, those sessions. 
And she texted me and she was like, oh my God, my Virgo mind is not happy. Right? It's not happy because I learned uh, that the DNA uh, was not changeable, that our DNA was who we are and it isn't, it isn't going to change. We, it does, we never change who we are. And in the gene keys, if you've ever read those first opening introductory pages, we come to find out that the, the DNA is mutable. It's mutable because it transduces light. What is transduction? Transduction means it takes in energy and it changes it and rebroadcasts that energy. So what we have when the moon is moving through Gemini is the potential for new ideas and new understanding to come in. But then with it being the moon that's moving through Gemini, we have the emotional potential of reaction against what we are coming up with as new ideas or inspiration in the outer world. So times that can make for anxiety, right? So sometimes as the moon moves through Gemini, some of you who have a, a penchant for anxiety or who are easily triggered by mind games um, or thinking or logic can have a difficult time of what is going on with the mind. So the best answer for us this weekend is to get out of our minds or to use the mind to your benefit, right? That's exactly what I said to my friend. I said, use the mind uh, instead of letting the mind use you, right? So put it to work on thoughts that you want to think instead of letting it just think wildly on thoughts, right? Especially the conditioned mind. And what I mean by the conditioned mind is every one of us grew up in an education system Every one of us live in a world that, uh, or a culture or a society that has certain values or certain beliefs about what's real, what's not real, et cetera, right? And then we bring that into our thinking processes. So if you are um, someone who thinks in a specific way, say because you have a defined ashna, then this might be a difficult time for you because things might be bumping up new inspiration, new emotions to be bumping up against your conditioning. If you have an open Ajna, you may be taking in all of this new stuff, new inspiration, new ideas and following curiosity and then find yourself confused because you don't have any place or any way to specifically use that energy because of the open nature of the mind. So, all in all, then we could find ourselves vacillating between confusion and or fighting up against the conditioning of our thought processes. The thought is some completely different animal from the emotion. Does everybody understand that? Let me know if you have any questions about that. Uh, let me go down here, see what else is going on. New comments. I love it when we have comments. Uh, Andy Girl says, I just got the Gene Keys book. Yes. I'm lucky I have 16, 20, 31, and 12 in my ascendant. So you have the viewpoint to be able to use the voice in the proper way. What we need to know is if that makes a defined throat or not, JLo. If you have a defined throat, you have a specific way of speaking. If you have an open throat, it it works completely different. And we're going to we're going to get into that here in just a moment. I want to say good morning to Suzanne Fulmer. We don't always get to see you. So I'm so excited to see you out there. Christine tells us it's 1111 or it was 1111. It's now 19 after the hour. Um, so I get to experience these 1111s a lot, right? Because I'm working with people from different time zones. So here I have someone on the Eastern time zone who's got 1111. I'm on the West. I have 811. Uh, 
in a couple of hours, I'm going to have 1111. And then like, likely I'm going to end up working with someone else today who's going to have, uh, you know, 111, right? At a time that for me is going to be like 1011 or something. I love the way that works. Asa, oh my God, I'm so glad to see you out there. I hope you're doing well. JLo says her throat is defined. Okay, so you'll want to listen when we talk about the defined throat. So let's finish here with the moon in Gemini. So for the weekend, then, if I distill it down, we're all going to be working on the communication from the throat and the actions that we take, the things that we say, what we're learning, what we're teaching, the mind, all very powerfully uh, uh, triggered for this particular weekend. So we haven't had, you know, a preponderance of Gemini energy in a while. So sometimes when the moon moves through Gemini, it brings up the things that we might've left unsaid in previous Gemini transits, or the same thing might happen in Taurus. We haven't had a lot of Taurus transits. Well, we have actually, but let's just say we haven't. And then right now with the moon in Taurus, it could be bringing up those same issues again. So it it's worthwhile, it's a worthy endeavor, let's say, for us to pay attention to where the moon is moving because it can sometimes bring things back up for us that we did not complete in the earlier transits from that sign. And oh boy, is Taurus getting ready to have a handful, right? Because now as the energy of the planets, uh, the sun and uh, eventually uh, Mars and Mercury, they're all moving into Scorpio. Scorpio is the sign that opposes Taurus. When we have an opposition, what's happening is planets are pulling in opposite directions. So it forces us to have to try to balance the things that we're experiencing, right? To give, you've got two different voices, right? Moving in different directions. In, uh, if we just looked at Taurus and Scorpio, we have uh, just on a financial front, the I have energy of Taurus, my resources, my money, my self-worth, my earnings versus Scorpio's our earnings, right? Our money, our values, and the way that we have to be able to merge uh, the I and the we in all of that. So for the next several weeks, we're going to have a lot of Scorpio energy that we're dealing with. And this is why I say that we're in, entering into a time period that takes us deep, right? We're not being thrown a whole handful of, of uh, new transits or uh, planets changing direction so much as we're going deeper into the things that have already been triggered for us over the, the preceding uh, couple of weeks, several weeks, actually. Oh, you know, back to, I, I'm, I'm going to take us back all the way into August. And I'm going to take us back into August because that is when the planet Venus began moving through the gates of the spleen, followed after that by Mercury and then Mars and then extended by Mercury's uh, retrograde, and then the sun moving into that. So here we are, at we're coming up to the end of the energies that the sun will trigger for the spleen. So we're dealing with a lot of the shadow energies. And now with the sun moving into Scorpio, we're still dealing with shadow energy because Scorpio is a sign that takes us into the heart of something, into the depth into the underbelly even. Look at the two rulers, Mars and Pluto. Pluto is the ruler of the underworld. 
and Pluto then takes us on that journey into the dark, into the shadow, into the fear, into the limits, into the, the things that we don't want to look at, into the garbage heap, right? Into the garbage heap. So we have the planet Pluto and activated here. And we know that Pluto right now is moving, transiting through the sign of Capricorn. And in the sign of Capricorn, he's been, you know, partly responsible for all of the crashing and burning that we see going on in the systems around us, right? I was just informed this morning that tickets that we bought for a trip at Christmas might be in jeopardy because the airlines don't have enough employees to fly the planes. And they are, you know, uh, they're rebelling against the vaccine mandate. So there's not enough employees. That's happening here in Washington state with the ferries already. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we bought those tickets way back in May, June. So we have all of these, you know, fears and triggers and actions that are taking place, some of them out of our control, right? That's Pluto. Pluto does things in a way, changes, transforms the landscape of our lives. And often we are not able to control what happens. And it makes it feel more terrifying to some people because these changes or these, these dramatic things happen. And it takes us on this journey through that underworld, through the dark. Now, on the other hand, we have Mars as the co-ruler and Mars right now is in a square to Pluto. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the broadcast, where that's really going to activate later today and into tomorrow when the sun makes its move into Scorpio and starts to really make that trigger known, right? This is becoming energy that is <clears throat> sort of uh, needing, we need to be able to balance. We need to be able to harmonize. But as we know, a square doesn't do that very easily. It takes a lot of work on our part to square with the action potential, the warrior nature of Mars and the destructive uh, undercurrent energy of Pluto. So what we might see in our own lives is our personal struggles coming up to the surface and are having to take care of them, right? To actually wade into the dark, wade into the fear, wade into all of those things that we're resisting, anything that we've been like backpedaling, no, I don't want to do that, <laughs> are things that we absolutely want to dive into right now, right? The things that we want to dive into. Um, I just want to share a quick thing that is happening personally for me. Uh, a friend of mine, Ursula, you see her in the morning show here sometimes, and I actually shared this with all of you, uh, that the Gene Keys is getting ready to take us on a deep dive into the Pearl sequence. The Pearl sequence is about prosperity. How do we, and it's not about just money, it's about prosperity. How do we um, personally uh, attract prosperity in our lives? And the very first gene key that I come up against is one called restraint. <laughs> That's the gift is restraint. It's the gate 52 or the gene key 52, which in the lowest expression is stress. The gift level is restraint and the highest level is stillness. So I'm having to go into my fear around knowing that that's my core way to attract prosperity. And that flies in the face of my generator self that wants to keep doing things, that wants to take action all the time, that feels like when I'm not doing something, then I'm not 
prospering. Eek. So all week long, I've been sitting with that, right? Because that I'm just sort of previewing this whole, uh, actually, I've already done the pearl sequence once. So now I'm like going back to it going, OMG, <laughs> now I have to really dive into this. And I really have to understand this part of me. So every one of us, you may not be doing it through the pearl sequence. You might not be doing it in the same way that I'm doing it. But I guarantee you, every one of us can benefit over these next few weeks by diving in to something that makes you damn uncomfortable right? It might be a personal challenge. It might be a relationship challenge. It might be something to do with money or health. It might be, who, who knows? It's really going to be 12 different areas of life that this can be happening in, in your life, <clears throat> because Scorpio resides somewhere in your chart. If we look at this particular chart today, we see Scorpio is on the second house. So that would be the chart of the day, if you will. Uh, if we pretended it was a person and it was one of you out there listening this morning, then what we would see is the second house. So it would have a self-worth sort of flair. It would have a values and principles and ethics and integrity sort of flair. It might also relate to money and finances and what you can attract to you, what you share with others, because this is a sign that shares their resources with others, right? So that might be a challenge to you in some way. Um, if you were this person, right? So being awake to what's going on in your own chart can help you understand how Mars and Pluto in a square from Libra to Capricorn are affecting the Scorpio sector of your chart. And notice that Scorpio is like kind of in the middle between those two signs. And there's also Sagittarius there. But let me just throw something else out there, weird and wild and wonderful and confusing. And that is, what if we actually threw out the 13th sign and put it in there? And then what we see that we're actually going to experience as part of this is a fucus. And, and that is the energy of the healer, right? He is the one in the sky right now, the constellation in the sky, that the um, sun is moving through um, the foot of, like if, if he's a person, he's kind of lying with his feet at the ecliptic plane. And the sun right now has precessed enough to move through uh, a part of Ophiuchus every year. We don't use it as astrologers. I think they're warming up to the idea. I kind of like, I mean, I'm always going to take it on the uh, I'm going to always take the vanguard, right? I have Jupiter and Aquarius. I'm always looking at what's coming next, what's in the future. And the future is that I think all of us need to look at where is a fuchsia in our chart and how is that affecting us? And um, what, where is it taking us? What journey is it taking us on? So if we throw that in there, then we have the potential for wounding. We have the potential for healing. So that does kind of sound like jumping into the fray of the fear field, doesn't it? Right. Uh, questions about that. Natasha, good morning. She says, I trust, I trust, I trust. I fly at Christmas too. Are you going to Disneyland? That's where we're going. Um, JLo says, hmm, Alana Bailey. Uh, nice to see you out here. Is there a site where it will show us our chart and what the day's planets are doing with it? Yes, there is. It is called Genetic Matrix, and I'm not sure if you can do this without being a member, but it is it, it has a daily chart, and you can create a chart and compare it to your own chart. So GeneticMatrix.com, and um, 
I'm sorry, I don't know. I know I pay for it because of the work that I do. I don't know that you have to pay for it to do that. But even so, if you did, it's like $9 a month. It's very inexpensive and lots of great energy. And so Alana, thank you for that. You're creating a segue for me. As uh, as you all know, I've been creating a, um, I'm trying to think of a word, I'm calling it live by human design, but I'm going to change that name. Uh, but I've been creating a book for everyone to be able to chart the transits through human design and astrology, astro design. And of course, my son passing away during the summer interrupted my flow of that creative uh, energy. I have not been able to really get back to it. So I came up with a brainy idea the other day. Well, it was a couple weeks back now. And that was I'd already written the first six months of the year. And so I sent that to the editor. I've received that back from the editor. So I'm going to do a two part yearly astro design uh, book that is going to help you chart what is happening. And those first six months, I've already received them back. I'm just now going back and adding pictures and adding, um, adding the uh, uh, moons and things that I didn't put in originally. So you're going to be able as a listener here in the morning to be able to get either the six month version, or I'm going to also offer it as a monthly version that you can buy by the month. And when you can do that, then you will have all of that information, Alana, about what's happening. And if you go to my website, you can get your own free copy of your human design chart and a report that tells you a bit about that. And I'll put that here. And you can use your own personal chart then to really understand some of the, the transits. So I'm typing in, oops, I did not do that right. And I, Put the, the dot between astrology and, and let's see if I can fix that. Uh, Living-astrology.com. There you go. So you can get your free chart and report, and then you can follow along with us in the mornings, or you can go to Genetic Matrix and get uh, an idea of every day what's going on. All right. Hopefully that helps. Um, Suzanne, eleven eleven means synchronicity. I love that. Asa says, "Awesome! I can't wait." Uh, and there we go. J Lo, I have Uranus, part of fortune, and vertex in Scorpio, so you have some focus there as well. So going deep is a part of what you're here to do as well. But all of us are, and that's the thing that I like to remind everybody in the and the, during these shows is that we all have all of the charts, we have all of the astrology. We have all of the human design. You have all of the gene keys, right? You are not deficient in anything. What's different for you is how it works, right? That's the unique piece. So you have it all, right? You have the ability, you have uh, the genius, you have uh, everything you need to live out the highest um, expression of who you are. It's about knowing how you personally are designed, right? How how are the planets aligned in your astrology chart for you to be able to be you? How are the planets aligned in your human design to help you use your energy correctly? How are the planets designed in your gene keys to help you move your DNA from the shadows into the light, right? Or into the gift level. So we have these tools that help us to live out ourselves to our highest 
but you're not deficient in anything. Even though the verbiage that we use sometimes can make you feel like that, right? I have an open throat, meaning I do not have a defined throat, which means I'm not designed to speak, but here I am, right? So we have to, we have to know what that means. So because Gemini energy is going to be where the moon is all the weekend, and because the throat center then becomes a very important center in your human design, um, I want to talk about, I don't have, yeah, I do sort of have a human design chart sitting here that I can show you. I don't want to do that because that's got some information on it. But the throat center is uh, the brown center that sits right here at the neck. It is a square, right? And in, in your own personal chart, it might be white. If it is, then you have an open or undefined throat center. If it's colored in, it'll be sort of a gold tan brown color. And that means it's defined, right? So defined means you are broadcasting energy. If it is open, it means that you are receiving that energy from others who are broadcasting it. The tendency of the open centers is to take it in, amplify it, and then try to rebroadcast it. And it becomes a source of conditioned responses, right? So we have to understand how those centers work. So as we talk about the throat center, then I'm going to look at it through the gene keys first, because I like the gene keys arrangement in shadow, gift, and Siddhi. I like the ability for us to see sort of the evolutionary path that that center or that gate can take. And in the throat center, in the lowest expression, it's distortion. It's distortion of the energies that are coming up from the rest of the body and the energy is coming down from the head center to the throat center and the mistaken motivation for what we do with our voices, right? So distortion is the shadow. When we get to metamorphosis, which is the gift level, metamorphosis reminds me of the butterfly that goes through that change, right? Gets, enters the, the caterpillar enters into the, the chrysalis and changes or metamorphosis into the butterfly, right? So we have this idea of transformation. Um, one form of beauty transforming into another form of beauty, that it's not death the way that we think of it. It is really a transformation. And the metamorphosis that happens in the throat center is the ability to take words, to take thoughts and ideas and inspiration, put them into words, and then put the words into action through the throat. So metamorphosis, we are taking in thought energy, we are changing it, alchemizing it, if you will, into action. So thoughts into words, into deeds, right? Or thoughts, words, actions. So the throat center being a gearbox takes care of all of that. In the highest expression of the throat center, we have emergence energy, meaning something beautiful emerging out of the metamorphosis. <clears throat> and what could be emerging from the metamorphosis is a creation, a creative energy, right? Something of a creative nature, all art, all poetry, all written words, teach, teaching, learning, all of that is emerging out of the throat center. And when we work the throat center appropriately for how we are designed, it is a beautiful sight to behold. But most often, what we have, at least in the initial expression of our throat energies, is we're all talking at once, talking over one another, 
um, trying to get our voices heard for it to be seen, valued, heard, and recognized, but we're going about it in a way that provokes the shadow, that distorts our verbs, our words, right? That, that it's very hard to listen to the meaning behind someone's words if you're already trying to figure out what you're going to say in response to that person. So one of the Achilles heels for Gemini energy and for all of us for the weekend is listening, right? Listening energy. So all of the throat center gates that are about speaking um, have uh, an, a sort of a heel energy that starts when we're listening. So listening and speaking are linked together. So the throat center is the center for expression and for manifesting. It's connected in the body to the voice box or the larynx, larynx. And as well in the body, it is the thyroid and the parathyroid, which regulates the body's metabolism, right? And how our well-being, our very well-being sits here in the throat center. How do we use our words? How do we use our words to ourselves and also to others, right? How do we use our words? How do we express our thoughts? How do we use the energy of the throat center in a very positive um, and correct manner for ourselves? All of our dreams, all of our ideas, all of our inspirations seek to be birthed, right? We all wanna be heard. We all wanna be seen as creators. We all wanna do something and all of that has to come up from the body into the throat or down from the head centers to the throat in order to be metamorphosed, in order to be changed or transformed into the action or into the project or into the relationship, you name it, right? To see it in the outer world, it begins from the thought, goes into the word, and then comes out into the action. And this, these gates that we're going to talk about all the, or the whole of the weekend, the gates are all about teaching, leadership, educating, uh, or education. So meaning you could be the educated as well as being the one doing the educating, knowledge, sharing, all of that comes through the very powerful throat center. And just to remind all of you, why is it we're talking about this? We're talking about this because while the moon is moving through Gemini over the weekend, and through the late degrees of Taurus today and into the early morning of tomorrow, all of the centers, uh, or I mean, all of the gates on the throat center are being activated by the moon. That means we're bringing a lot of emotion. We're bringing a lot of timing. We're bringing a lot of soul centric energy into the throat center of manifesting and expressing, right? So it's a very deep part of who we are to be able to express ourselves. Now, words lead to that action, right? And to manifestation. Now that works differently for people based on how the throat center is defined or designed. So uh, an open throat center, meaning it's white. And an open throat center would mean that you might have gates that are hanging on the throat, right? But they don't connect either to the ajna above it or to the uh, uh, other centers below it. So the uh, it can connect to uh, the identity center, it can connect to the emotional center, it can connect to the spleen, um, and it can also, it can connect a couple of different ways, one, two, three, four different ways to the identity center, so the soul center. Um, but if you have hanging gates, they don't make that connection completely. 
So you have an open throat. And the open throat center struggles to get the words out, to say the right things, to actually put their thoughts into the correct words. So you can almost always tell someone with an open throat because they they may stammer, they may do the long walk around what it is they're trying to say because they're almost processing how it is they want to say what they want to say. Um, and they become a chatterbox or a chatty Kathy, right? They're the ones that are always talk, 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 talking. It's funny because that's what I do here in the morning, but I'm invited to do so. That's the key, right? The invitation. So the throat center, when it's open, needs to be invited in to share its voice, to share its insights, its information, its knowledge, its whatever. So when you pay a teacher or you pay to go access a course or you come here and join me in the morning to listen, what you're doing is setting the stage for the invitation for that person to share their knowledge, their wisdom, their voice. So without the invitation, all of this would be for naught. It could come out as just so much talking, just so much words, right? Nothing really um, coming together. But that very ability to not have a consistent access to a voice makes someone with an open throat able to modulate their voice to the persons that they're talking to. So they're great imitators, right? I bet some of your comedians that are able to imitate uh, other people's voices have an open throat because you modulate your voice based on who it is you're working with, right? That is the open throat. But the open throat, again, if you're experiencing thyroid issues, if you're, ex and these are correlations, not one-to-one, -one, you know, for sure, this is what you're doing. But if you're having thyroid issues or parathyroid issues, or you're having throat issues, it's likely because you're using the energy of the throat incorrectly or have had a pattern of doing that in your life. So it's a call for you to restore the voice patterns to the correct pattern for you. As well, if you have metabolism problems, you are likely not using the voice in the correct way. It's funny to connect the voice to metabolism, but it, it is where the master gland sits, right? Or is the correlation to that master gland, the, the thyroid. If you have a defined throat, the defined throat has the power of expression. You have the power of words. You have the power of the spoken word, bringing thoughts and ideas and inspiration out to the world. You're speaking um, from the center that your throat connects to. So for example, if the throat is defined in your human design because it connects to the Ajna, which is up here in the mind, you are able to speak your mind. The power of your expression comes from the connection of the Ajna to the throat. If you are someone who is uh, has their, their throat center connected to the identity center, you're speaking from the soul. There's a distinct vulnerability in how you share what you share. When you share your voice, you're speaking from a very deep place. If your connection to your throat, or if your throat becomes defined because it connects to the solar plexus center, the emotional center, you're speaking from the emotions. If it comes from a connection to the spleen, you might be speaking from intuition, from instinct. I don't know how I know what I know. I just know what I know. And I'm bringing it to the throat 
and out to the world. So it really depends to have, when you have a defined throat, it really depends what is it that defines that throat. We could even dial it in deeper by looking at the channel that is formed that connects your throat, right? So we would know more about how it is you're meant to use your voice in um, helping the world and teaching the world. So I see a lot of things ever coming up here, but let's see if I am able to go back. Pam Zaruba, good morning, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Neptune, Black Lilith series, all in Scorpio. Holy cow. You are either a prophet, an investigator, um, a healer. What the heck? You have a lot of really deep working energy there. Susie Gemini, hello. Let me guess, you must be a Gemini. Tom Wright, LOL, that's like me. I say quit talking while I'm interrupting. <laughs> I'm working on it, LOL. And that's the key, right? It's We know when we become that chatterbox, because you and I both, Tom, we have both have a, an open throat. But if you're trying to fill the space with just, you know, your voice, it's coming from a place of discomfort of being in the quiet, right? And it might also clue you into a problem with listening, right? That you need to listen more and talk less. I, I deal with this in my, with myself all the time. Uh, cool uh, rocks, cool rocks. I love it. I call it channeling Robin Williams, shifting voices. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Sue McCarthy. Wow. I never even thought about metabolism and throat. They are all together, all together. Tammy Smith. Yep, true. I'm a chatterbox. I have been mindful of the invitation to speak since I learned about my human design. It makes a difference in the reception. Exactly. Because we all want to be heard, valued, seen, recognized. <laughs> we all do. And so a person with an open throat sometimes is butting in because they want to be heard. It's like standing in a group of people and you're trying to get a word in edgewise and you can't because someone is dominating the conversation. And it's likely the person with the open throat who's actually dominating the conversation. And yet it might be that they're not saying much of anything because it's just a bunch of words coming out. So all of us can learn a lot about how to get what we want, how to get our needs fulfilled uh, by understanding the throat center. Uh, so JLo says it is connected to the spleen, self, and sacral for me. So you have a lot of outlets of the throat. And that then is probably going to depend on what it is the other person in front of you needs as to which voice is going to come up. Because all of the throat gates speak from a different voice right they're all speaking but they're all they all have a different voice because of the way that they connect to the other centers all right uh it is already 10 to 9 so i think the next part of um what i wanted to talk about shoot 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 time always flies right uh i i think the rest will we can talk about as the week begins um because I want to do some readings for people because I feel like everybody is kind of in the need space for that right now. Not that you're needy. <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean that everybody is needing some guidance perhaps, and I can do that in these next 10 minutes. So I saw somebody already out there, Debbie, who said she would like a reading. Um, you have to remember, I don't have Asa in the background. Well, Asa, you are in the background. I don't know if you're still there. And if you can, maybe you can keep track for me or uh, somebody take charge of letting me know who wants a reading. Um, right now I'm gonna do one for Debbie. 
because she already said, and now it is your invitation to let me know that you would like a card reading. And you might tell me if you know what decks I have, you might tell me which deck you prefer. I have animals, I have angels, I have Mayan, I have dragons, I have um, the wisdom of the uh, Oracle, I, my one of my favorite decks. Thank you, Asa. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I have, I can see Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, Tom, Cool Rocks, and Kamal, and Sue. So maybe you can write that down real quick for me. So Debbie, 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 Debbie. Um, but Debbie. Debbie. I don't know why. Usually I get some of the other decks for you, but today I'm getting the um, the need for a galactic heritage card. So these are the ones that take us to our galactic heritage, right? The other um, star systems out there, which I'm also very fascinated by these cards um, and this idea of star systems and star seeds and all of that. Hmm. So much I want to say, but I have an open throat. Somebody invite me to speak something. Debbie, oh, generosity. Uh, okay, so hold on. I had a flip out here, and I don't want to mess up the cards for everybody else. Debbie card 68, which is the card of generosity. It is in the star system Lyra of the future. So the card is 68, which is a 14, which is a five. And five always reminds me of generosity, of the flow, of freedom, of, of creativity. So let's see how that plays out in the star system of Lyra. Here you go, Deb. An ancient challenge of the Lyrans was to have a generous spirit. They had a fear that if they gave to others, they would not have enough for themselves. Eventually, they healed this pattern. Humans are now facing the same challenge as they explore the issue of generosity. Most people have no problem being generous when they feel safe and secure. But can you be generous when you feel insecure? Examine, examine your patterns of generosity honestly. Are you afraid to give or do you have resistance about receiving? Balance lies in being able to give and receive equally. That is a true path of transformation. This Lyrian time stream represents the Lyrian culture after they healed their karma and the challenges of the past when they were a young species. One of these challenges of the past had to do with their selfishness and insistence on viewing reality in a fragmented way, which only accentuated polarity and kept them from acting from a place of me first. This kind of attitude ignores the truth that all beings are really one consciousness looking through a multitude of eyes. I love that. Over time, as they matured, they learned that by helping others, they truly helped themselves. If this card comes up in your reading, look to the other cards and your life situation for clues. It could be that you are receiving a message to become more generous in life, not through actions per se, but through the intent behind those actions, which is much more important. Conversely, it could be a message that your generosity is being offered from a motivation that is not aligned with your spirit. It may also mean that you are being too generous and depleting yourself. Hmm, Miss Projector. 
Search deep within for the deeper meaning of this message. Ultimately, when you keep in mind that all beings in creation are part of the same one being, the understanding of generosity uh, changes completely. Begin to see your generous actions in a way that reinforces the idea that all giving is really giving to yourself. I kind of feel like, Debbie, you took one on the chin for all of us here, because I think that's a big theme for everybody. Uh, okay, thank you so much, Asa. I've missed this. Okay, Tom wants a Wisdom of the Oracle, which I also happen to have pulled out for us. So for Tom, by the way, when we do the Galactic Heritage cards and it says, um, you know, check the other cards in the reading, to me, that means that you should tune in, and this is specific for you, Debbie, but maybe also for everybody, uh, tune into the cards that other people receive during this time, because it might also hold keys to um, something that you need to know right now, okay? So Tom, you're tuning into the generosity card just because you're here in the morning, and then you are getting the card, you get two cards, actually, the card 22, blessed on the 22nd of October, right? Today, 22. And also the card 28, building blocks. Building blocks came out upside down. So we'll need to read the protection message, but it's a one new beginning and the 22 building. It's funny, right? The 22 is a master builder. So you have both the blessings and the building of something. So let's look at the first one actually that fell out was the building blocks. So we're going to look at 28 first. And that is building blocks. Essential meaning is strong foundations, a beautiful work in progress. And in the protection, it is now is the time to address the cracks in the foundation of your life. Perhaps your values have changed and it is time to strengthen your convictions and let go of the things that no longer serve the vision you have for your life. Or perhaps you chose to ignore the signs that a situation or agreement you have entered into is not right for you. Remove the rotten pieces and reinforce your core moral strength and integrity. Now is the time for rigorous honesty for you are called to renovate and upgrade your consciousness. You will be so happy when you do. Spirit has a spectacular blueprint for your life far beyond your imagination. Don't be afraid to replace what's not solid. And apparently when you do that, Tom, comes the blessings card, right? They fell right into one another. So let me go backwards to the 22 and read that. The essential meaning of the blessed card is something wonderful that is unearned and unexpected grace. That is an unforeseen gift from spirit. There are moments in life when out of the blue, it seems that everything has been orchestrated by divine intervention. You feel blessed in ways that are difficult to express. It's as if the Red Sea parts in front of you and events come together to banish your troubles easily and naturally. You know deep down you did not deserve any of it, and yet here you are. This is one of those times. Let awe and gratitude for all your blessings guide you now. Woohoo! Love that one. Love that one for all of us. Uh, okay, after Tom uh, was Andy Girl. And, okay, so we have quite a bit. Hold on. Let me check something real quick, guys. I need to see what time my next client is to see if I can hang out here long enough for us to get through all of these. I will if I can. And, Carol, that means you, and I don't remember what time we're actually meeting. 
Ah, not till 11. Good. So I do have an extra half an hour so I can do this. All right. So back to StreamYard. There you are. All right. So, um, so when we have the next person, Andy girl, did you pick a deck? I don't see a deck. Do, do, do. So I'm going to pick a deck for you, Andy girl. And I believe the card that, or the deck that wants to come out for you is dragons. Dragons. There be dragons here. This is a deck by Diana Cooper, right? Called the Dragon Oracle. And the dragons are, you know, really special beings. They bring us this power to work interdimensionally to be able to you know a part of oh a card jumped out for you uh the white gold i can't believe this the white gold dragon from lyra so we opened up the readings with debbie getting a card from the lyran system from the future and you get the white gold dragon from lyra which says at the bottom it connects you to the highest christ light and it says develop your causal chakra bathe in ninth dimensional christ light mm. debbie i want you to pay attention to this one too since it's a match so to speak to the card we pulled for you and i'm not in the right place apparently let's see what this means Ninety-eight. okay so Lyra is the cross-shaped 12th dimensional stargate through which Archangel Christiel and the unicorns enter our universe. The light from Lyra pours down through the moon, allowing scintillating 7th dimensional dragons to step through into the vibration of Earth. These white gold dragons embody the highest frequency of the Christ light available to everyone on this planet. They work closely with Archangel Christiel, who is in charge of the development of the causal chakras of humanity. Um, this is an, it, it, I'm not familiar with the, with the words causal chakras. If anybody out there has that wisdom, please enter it into the comments for people to understand what that means. This is particularly important now as our causal chakra is our connection to the higher dimensions of spirit, the dragons, angels, unicorns, and masters. The white gold dragons from Lyra help to clear and develop our causal chakra I'm assuming that it must be something, an interface up here above us, uh, to help us illuminate our highest possible ascension path. Here's your guidance, Andy girl. These white gold dragons are attracted to you now because you already carry Christ light in your aura. Ask one to take you to the ninth dimensional pool of Christ energy held in Lakame. Don't know where that is. Visualize yourself bathing in the pool, which shimmers and swirls with pure love and light. Feel yourself absorbing all you are ready to receive. When you return, continue to feel the white gold light in your aura and practice pure unconditional love in your daily life. Your aura will radiate the incredibly high frequency of white gold and the white gold dragon from Lyra will support you by continuing to pour Christ's light into you. Take time to find a quiet, still place where you can listen to its wisdom and guidance powerful powerful the white gold dragon from lyra say that 10 times fast 
Uh, okay, after Andy, girl was uh, Cool Rocks. And Cool Rocks, what would you like? If you are here, you can tell me. Um, if you're not here anymore. Um, thanks, Christine. Causal chakra is the past life chakra about three quarter inches behind the back of the head. Fourth dimensional. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Uh, all right. So for Cool Rocks, I'm going to... I'm going to have to dig deep here for you because what I want, is, oh, I don't have to dig deep. It's right here. Uh, what I want for you is a Mayan Oracle card. The Mayan Oracles are very powerful because they were, are linked to the star system of the Pleiades. And you guys know that, you know, the Pleiades star system is where we get a lot of information from with Pia and Colin Baird-Smith, uh, Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith. And you know, learning about um, a calendric system different from the Gregorian, one that actually taps us into, whoa, taps us into um, the energy of evolution and involution. So the card I pulled was called New Myth, Nuevo Mito. So here is your card, New Myth. Hmm. Maybe you're to write a new story. So let me see if I can find that card. It is going to be probably before these. Or not. But after the numbers. Ah, yes, the journeyer. Uh, okay, so where did they go? The lenses. There we go. Sorry. Um, so new myth, and this is for you, cool rocks. New the new myth, qualities of personal myth, meta myth, purpose, entering the big story, miracle on earth. New Golden Octave, Path of Innocence, and Present Moment. Child of the Sun, you are being called to wakefulness, to your place in the new myth. A great shift is coming for planet Earth, and the time is now. A new consciousness is being created by the children of the sun as they rise with the Earth to a new place amongst the stars. A new harmonic of light and sound, a golden octave, is being sounded on Earth, ringing in the frequencies of ecstasy, union, and unconditional love. Child of the sun, why did you come to Earth? You are the miracle of the new myth unfolding. You came to Earth with a purpose, a plan, a master blueprint encoded in your feelings. Live in harmony with that plan. Open your world to the great mystery. You are being asked to view your experiences from a mythical standpoint so that you can remember your connection to the larger pattern. Notice the metaphors and symbols of your daily life. The key to your personal myth is presenting itself. Your everyday world is infused with a vast mosaic of metaphorical meaning. Everything you do is relevant to the creation of your personal path, to your personal myth, as well as the larger meta myth. From now on, there are no more roadmaps, no more creeds, no more philosophies. From here on, your direction comes straight from the universe, moment by moment. 
This is the path of innocence, the path of trust. Here, each step is walked only once and the universe only speaks in the voice of the present. Feel the key to the kingdom in your heart. Know that like the pull of the heavenly bodies, love is neither taken nor given, but discovered and allowed. No one is without love for love is the force that holds the universes together. By simply embodying love, you are living the new myth that will create the wave home. Surrender to love and awaken, child of the sun. I don't know about you guys, but that one just gives me chills all up and down my spine. What do I do with the cards? Okay. Wow, wow, wow. So after uh, Cool Rocks, it was Amy Energy. And Amy Energy, what would you like as, as far as a deck? I know you do tarot, so let's not do a tarot type card. Uh, let's do a Mayan one for you as well. A journey kind of card. What's your journey? Um, do, do, do. Greater cycles. Woo. So they're talking to us a lot this morning about cycles. Uh, ciclos mas grandes. Greater cycles. This is the number nine, right? We have the bar which means five, and then the dots are each one. So five and four is nine. So we have a number that we're resonating with here, a number that is related to greater cycles of time. So thread of grand design in the tapestry of light on the loom of the great cycles, weave your pattern. The qualities of this card are completion, expansion, mastery, larger cycles of time, fulfillment, and grand design. Nine is the ray of greater cycles, the foundation of self opening to the four points of measure and cycle. It is the grand design, the unfolding order of the larger pattern. With nine, you are being offered the embrace of longed for completion. Fulfill your pattern, your circle, embody the mastery and wisdom you came to express. This ray asks you to be rather than to try to be. Embody the wisdom of the larger cycles. Become the one who shines the light for others. You are the humanitarian whose being unfolds the larger pattern of the new earth. In the grand cycle of time, nine is the number of completion and, and expa expansion. What is it that you are being asked to complete? Can you see the clues to this cycle of completion? As you expand, shed old patterns that do not support your growth. Receive completion's fulfillment. You are poised on an arc of a grand cycle of time. In this cycle, time and space fold. Past and future merge and lifetimes meld in completion. Join in the fulfillment of the mystery of the triple triangle by offering your mastery to be woven into the larger realm of reality, the larger loom of reality. So we have the number nine for you, Amy Astra or Amy Tarot. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So after Amy Tara was Kamal and Kamal, I feel like Kamal, you need a wisdom of the Oracle. Not sure if that's what you wanted or not, but I'm going to go with it. And let's see here. Wisdom of the Oracle, by the way, that is a deck written by um, Colette Baron reed she does most of the decks that I have, um, although I like a lot of the different ones. 
and um interesting card that two a twofer you and tom get two cards today right the first one that pops up is mending mending like sewing together something fixing something mending fences and it's card number 52 which is a seven so there's a spiritual mending going on but then you also have the 43 which is an is a seven as well right so you have two cards with seven four plus three is seven Five plus two with the other card is also seven. So a double seven of spiritual energy, of going deeper, of the metaphysics of something. And this card came out upside down and it's the card of deep knowing. So we have the card of deep knowing and we have the card of mending. So you got these two. So mending came out first, right side up and the other one upside down. So let's see what these cards mean. 52. Um Now, mending's essential meaning is forgiveness, making amends, healing after arguments. And here's the Oracle's message. Each time we are hurt and allow the hurt to pass through us without understanding and integration, we accumulate an unwanted burden. This keeps us chained to the very things we need to heal, the pain, the memories, the echoes of resentments and the arguments that we rehearse over and over. Now is the time for mending rifts healing wounds, and letting go of old hurts in order to reclaim your power. Now is the time to forgive, to release, to make peace, and to make amends to others. Set yourself free. Now, I'm also going to read the relationship message with this because I feel like it's part and parcel of that. You've come to a place where forgiveness is necessary if you're to move forward. Separate or to separate or together, you and the other person are still experiencing the effects of a hurt that is impacting everything you do, even if you're not aware of it. The energy needs to clear. What must you do to bridge this gap? Closing your heart is not the answer. You have the power to heal this wound. Ask yourself, what would love do? Only good will come of forgiveness and an honest redress. And then that leads us to the other spiritual card here of deep knowing in an upside, upside down phase, but still the essential meaning of this card is intuition, listening to the oracle within empathy and hypersensitivity. And the protection message here is you are an empath, you are in empathy overload and need to get grounded again. So tune out for a bit. Hypersensitive, you're suffering from psychic exhaustion. This signals a time for a recharging of your batteries. Set energetic boundaries, take a salt bath, empty your mind and get back to Y-O-U-U. It's not a time to be too open. Soon enough, you can let your guard down. Right now, you need to self-care and self-love. It's time to say no thank you to anyone in your life who exhausts you. Won't that feel good? Again, cards that I think have meaning for all of us. But thank you, Kamal, for taking in this energy for us, showing it to us. Uh, okay. After Kamal, Susie Gemini. And Susie, did you have... Good morning, Veronica. Um, and you're everybody, you're so welcome. All of you who are telling me thank you. I don't mean to miss that. I'm just trying to tap into... Um, Susie matches the dragon. Susie, I think that might mean it might be good for you to have a dragon. And I put the dragons over here. 
So let's see what power the dragon brings for you, Susie Gemini. Hmm. Hmm. A golden solar dragon helps you stand in your masculine power with wisdom. Let your DNA be reprogrammed and light codes activated. Become an inspired leader. Such an interesting card. Because the sun, of course, is the masculine principle. It's, we're not talking about become a man. We're talking about embodying and engendering the masculine in a new way. Right? I think that's a big energy on the planet indeed. A golden solar dragon is golden golden solar dragon. Where are you? You are a seventh dimensional dragon. Hmm. 92. All right. Here you go. So golden solar dragons are seventh dimensional beings who come from Helios, the great central sun. This is the sun beyond our sun where Archangel Metatron creates the light matter that is the foundation of our existence. Helios is the gateway between our universe and the source of all that is. The golden solar dragons from Helios touch us with divine masculine energy. They infuse us with courage, strength, logic, leadership, and the qualities of the peaceful warrior. They then balance this with golden wisdom, all at a much higher frequency than we are used to. Working in harmony with the silver lunar dragons, they are activating us all now, illuminating the DNA within us that has been dormant since the fall of Atlantis. We are being intensively reprogrammed in preparation for the new golden age. Here's your guidance. The golden solar dragon who has come to you now is asking you to balance your life, listen to your inner wisdom, and become a leader. Dare to speak your spiritual truth. Hold the vision of a fifth dimensional world. Protect those who are less capable than you are. With the support and guidance of this dragon, you can be a living example to many people. When you aspire to be a wise spiritual leader, remember that true masculine power used with wisdom helps you and those around you to feel safe. Spend a little time each day focusing on or imagining the sun shining onto your third eye and sense the light codes that the golden solar dragons are directing towards you. I got to know how you're taking that in. That This is huge. This is a big card. This is a big energy. Uh, okay, Susie Gemini, that was for you. And after Susie Gemini, um, Sue Dragon, Sue Dragon, Sue Dragon card. No, I missed somebody's card. Christine. Oh, I see the book, the goddess. Okay, so I won't forget you, Christine. Don't worry. I didn't see it at first, but now I see it. And um, so I'm going to do Sue, a dragon card. And then Christine, I'm going to do your goddess card. Okay. So, a dragon for Sue. Sue, Sue. Ooh. So, Sue, a water dragon helps you flow easily around obstacles. Actually, it says flow round obstacles. Um, Christ light and love are flowing. Develop your psychic abilities and go with the flow. So you have a green water. Well, this is green, but you have a water dragon. So interesting, right? Because, you know, dragons they themselves are sort of like fire. 
or at least I always think of them as fire. So here we have water injected into that. So fourth dimensional water dragons are a soft green color and very beautiful. They undulate with the flow around them and help everything to move forward with grace and tranquility. Their service work is to maintain the constant movement of Christ light in the waters of our planet. They also help us develop our psychic abilities and intuition. The message for you is that the elemental water dragons are bringing you to flow around your challenges with loving intent. If you ask them, they will help you look for an easy way to circumnavigate your challenges and to deal with people lovingly. To enable this to happen, they will help you to develop your intuition and psychic abilities by touching your third eye and allowing the petals of this psychic center to open. When you listen to your inner wisdom and trust that the water dragons will guide you, the course of your life will run more smoothly. Ask them to cleanse the cells of your body for this will enable you to shine your light even more brightly. Then your guidance is to relax so that they can access your energy fields and pour the golden Christ light of pure unconditional love into them. Consciously absorb this golden Christ light and flow with it. This will bring you love, wisdom, and healing and enable you to travel effortlessly on your ascension path. It will also allow you to direct and help others with calm and integrity. Cool card. Very cool card. Water dragon. All right. And last but not least, Christine goddess cards. I now have an interesting mess on my desk. Move and make some space here. Okay. All right, Christine, we haven't had a goddess for a while. So we had the message about the masculine. So now this is distinctly feminine. Let's see. Amy, absolutely. That was the most powerful of cards. Actually, all these cards today have been pretty darn magical. Christine, you get Lilith, independence. So Lilith. Card number 29, which is an 11, right? She brings in the light, the light of the divine feminine and the light of independence, be an independent woman, you know, doing you, walking your own path. Let's see what she says. She came out upright. So in upright, it is an uh, empowerment message. So let's go to 29, Lilith. The Jewish goddess Lilith refused to be dominated by the first man and a result was and as a result was called a demon in the stories about her that followed. These inaccurate and damaging stories are so old and repeated so often that no one recognizes how pervasive their implications are. From another perspective, Lilith offers this lesson. No one can prevent you from fully blooming from learning all you can, from evolving and choosing freedom. Only your conditioned thinking can do that. Be proud, be accountable, claim your power, and hold it wisely. Right now, you are in an excellent position to attract healthy, interdependent, collaborative relationships that truly serve the highest good. Friendships flourish with mutual respect and support. Love relationships bloom with ample space for both parties to grow. Business ventures thrive in service to the greater good. 
the goddess Lilith wants to show you the way to claim a healthy self-worth and self-respect by refusing to let your old stories keep you down. You will be amazed at how deep, meaningful, and respectful your experiences become in all areas of your life when you make choices from a place of empowered independence. Lilith, right? Lilith, Lilith. Gotta love her. Gotta love her. All right. Hopefully I got to everybody who wanted a reading and I'm pretty sure, oh darn it, I passed the, there we are, Christine, Veronica Chandler would like a card for Sagittarius if you have time. A card for Sagittarius. Veronica, tell me more about that if you're still out there. So for the people who are Sagittarians, or is there another reason that you want that? So give me a little bit of clarity. Gaila, good morning to you. Can you read a card for me? I've had 10 hard years and only now I start feeling myself again. And okay, so uh, you're welcome, Susie. And Asa, thank you so much for reminding me to have people hit the like button if you're on Facebook. And if you're on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. If you have not yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. Somebody pointed out to me the other day, we are at 777 in number of subscribers. I almost hate to mess up the magic there, but I need to get to 1,000. Uh, so let's do that. And Gala and uh, Veronica. Um, Veronica, I, I'm going to deal with this uh, idea of Sagittarius first. And, and he, I, here's why. The energy in Sagittarius is so wonderfully expansive, right? It's, it's very, um, it's very much ruled by Jupiter. And in that case is optimistic, is growing beyond the horizons, right? But it, in its, oh, some, oh, I just sent that to you, Asa, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> My phone recorded everything I was saying and just sent it to you, so you can just delete it. Um, so right now, when we're looking at Sagittarius energy, we have to look into the shadow of it. What is the shadow of Sagittarian energy? It is the adherence to fundamentalist beliefs. It is the adherence to very narrow ideas of what is real and what is not. It is self-righteousness, right? Anytime we get up on our, our high horse about other people's beliefs or about, you know, trying to make other people wrong, we are displaying the most negative aspects of Sagittarian energy. And the uh, advantage for us all now would be that we, we know this, right? We know this and we can be, move beyond that. We can have faith in one another. We can have faith, we can have optimism, we can have growth and expansion. We can embrace everybody and their diverse beliefs and not be stuck in the uh, simplistic, if you will, fundamentalist beliefs that have so dominated this planet. So I'm going to draw a galactic card because I feel like the galactic card is going to hold the uh, vision that we can have for um, positive Sagittarian energy on the planet, okay? We get uh, two cards, really, but let's see which one. I'm going to use both. One is called Returning the Favor. It is Zeta Reticuli in the present. 
The other one is 95, way showing, which is serious of the future. I feel like we had this one, something like it. All right, so let's see what these cards mean. That would mean I need the booklet. 95, so 82 we're going to read first. And I'm going to make these a little bit shorter just because this, these are always long stories. Okay. So during the darkest time of Zeta history, when they thought their species would be extinct, humans helped them. Hmm. This immense and selfless gift will never be forgotten. Now that their species has passed through the crisis, the Zetas are returning the favor by offering us their wisdom, help, and love in a variety of ways. This is a connections card, which means that you have a connection to the Zeta race and their energy is available to you in this life to tap into on your own spiritual path. You also have had at least one lifetime as a Zeta. Open yourself to their energy and prepare for your heart to expand, expand, right? Continuing with the theme of these cards, this one refers to the Zeta era when their species crises passed. Uh, during their darkest time, humans helped them and they're tremendously grateful and have done whatever they could to return the favor, mostly by sharing their wisdom. They are important guides for humans at this point in human development because humans could possibly take the same road as they did in their past near a lot annihilation of the species. We are damn close to that. Their gratitude is motivating them to return the favor given to them by humans. This card is likely telling you that there's a Zeta being from this era working with you as a way to pay it forward. Let yourself accept this guidance, even if it is only subtle or you can't feel it. No, it is given with much love. Depending on the other cards and your life circumstances, this card may also suggest that someone in your life is attempting to give you a gift. If you are having trouble accepting, know that it is okay to fully accept the gift and nurture yourself by doing so. Conversely, this card may be suggesting that you return a favor to someone else and give them a gift. See if you can gain clarity on what it means to you. Be open to other more creative meanings as well. The second card, the way showing card of Sirius. In the ancient past, Syrians were conflicted about being leaders or staying hidden. They saw this as an either or situation. Now that they have evolved, they realize that being a leader is not an aggressive or controlling role. True leaders lead from the heart without ego desire and from a clear sense of inner direction that is aligned with universal consciousness. In the ancient past, you were also conflicted about this issue, but now is the time to release this karmic pattern. You no longer have to have fear of being a leader or a way shower. You don't have to do anything to lead. Simply being is enough. Mm. Um, so this is an era of enlightened, serious consciousness. To successfully evolve, Syrians had to heal some of their deepest fears. One of these fears was about leadership and its responsibilities. Again, a leadership card, right? They resisted this role, but soon realized that it was part of their spiritual path. They eventually accepted it with gratitude for being allowed to be of service. If you've pulled this card, it most likely means that you have leadership qualities. It may be asked of you to use those qualities now. Recognize that being a leader or teacher can be subtle. It may be as a leader or teacher in your family or community. Do not fear this ability within you, but at the same time, do not force it to manifest. The best leaders are those who don't necessarily want to lead, but simply lead by example.
<clears throat> Very good. Very good, good, good. Sagittarius energy, when it leads correctly, is a sight to behold, right? It's a sight to behold. And last but not least, there was, who was that last one that I saw? It was Gala. Um, I'm an Aries, Ascendant, Scorpio, Neptune, and Jupiter. Okay, okay. what was the cards, though, that you wanted, Gala? Uh, you wanted one. I think you might need a dragon. Because the dragons hold such power, right? And you're coming out of a time in your life, you say, where you've experienced a, a lot of stuff, whatever it was, right? Um, breakups in relationships or job changes or moving or disruption, whatever it's been. Um, one sure way to get back on the right track is to have a powerful guide in a dragon. And what you get is a black dragon that cocoons you so that your divine potential grows. Meditate, reflect, and undergo a metamorphosis. The black dragon. Love it. I don't think we've had that one, or at least not recently. Let's see. Black is a fifth dimensional dragon. Okay, so Gala. Fifth dimensional black dragons are powerful. They only come to us when we are ready to nurture a new idea or concept that will be that will enable our divine potential to grow. Black is the ultimate divine feminine color, the shade of mystery and magic of secrets and hidden hopes. When we are prepared to surrender to the black dragons, they will cocoon us in silky black energy. And as we rest within this safe, dark place, they will enable the new to develop within us. Eventually, we will emerge like a butterfly, having undergone a profound metamorphosis. Guidance. Choosing this card suggests it is time to rest, for it is during such moments of relaxation that divine projects creative ideas or a new way of thinking are conceived in times of peace and stillness fresh seeds and ideas can grow the mighty black dragons wish to create a dark cocoon for you now so that the new can germinate and sprout you are asked to accept their assistance for it will serve your spiritual growth take time to meditate or reflect and the dragons will surround you with their breath this will allow the opportunity that is being presented to you to take root when you are ready, the black dragons will help you to nurture the new growth. Ask them to help you hold your vision until it comes to a glorious fruition. They will also be working with you in your sleep, and you may be aware of their presence, so acknowledge their help. Expect to be different and be ready to spread your wings. Very, very powerful. Very, very powerful and hopefully very healing for you, Gala, as you move forward. All right, guys. Wow. That was, oh my gosh, it's 934. Yay, yay, yay. Uh, last bits of comments here. Veronica says, I just happen to be a Sag, need my confidence restored. Well, I hope that happened for you, Veronica Chandler. Um, Pam, sun just popped over the roof, hitting my third eye. First reading. Oh my gosh, Pam. That's awesome. And you're very much Gala. Uh, follow the dragons. I think dragons are good messages for all of us. And is there anything else I met? Uh, Christine, thank you for the card. Um, all of the beautiful messages of all the cards. Thanks for today's readings. You're very, very welcome. All right, all of you take care. 
Have a most wonderful weekend. Sending you so much love. I will see you on Monday. We'll talk about what comes up for the week. And also, I want to talk about um, the more about the gene keys of the week that we are finding ourselves in. Next week, Uranus is going to change gates. That'll be fun. I'm sure it's going to be. It moves to a gate called blessings. That might be a key here. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.